New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. Things are good and getting better. Amen. We just thank God for all the great things he's doing, because last year this time I was laying up in Huntsville Hospital. But look at me now. Hello. God is good. I don't know. I'm not, I don't recall that many of you remember her, but her name was Sonia Doss. And she had two sons. Her two sons was Terrell. And what was the other son's name? But anyway, but she passed away this week. And so um, just keep the Doss family in prayer. Antoine. Keep the prayer, the family in prayer, so that you know they can continue to uh, move forward with God. You know, I tell people every time I do a funeral, I tell them, you know, death is not a disappointment. Death is an appointment. Can't cancel. Can't reschedule it. You got to follow through with it. Amen. So, not get ready, but what? Be ready. Amen. Glory to God. Um, God has just continued to show us some good things and. And the most important thing is that what the enemy is, is working overtime to do is to get us into the point where we uh, are looking at the natural. Look at your neighbor, look at your neighbor say natural. Yeah. And the reason why he wants to get you into that point is because the natural realm is where he rules and reigns at. This is where he fights yet. This is where he can, um, you, this is where your most defeat comes is in the, is in the natural realm. And, and the thing about it, since this pandemic has taken place, um, a lot of people, he's, a lot of people, for whatever reason, have shifted their thinking, their focus into the natural. But I'm telling you right now, don't look at that foolishness. Don't get caught up in that foolishness because that's all it is. And you cannot do what everybody else is doing. You got to learn how to listen to the spirit. God didn't give you two heads. He gave you one head. And you can use the head by thinking. He gave you a brain to put, and giving you a brain, five senses to think by the grace of God. So, and we want to continue to, to get focused and keep our focus and mind on God because it's so easy. It's so easy now to get distracted. Look at your neighbor and say distracted. And there's many... And the enemy is coming up with all types of gimmicks, all types of distractions out there to keep you away from God. It does not matter. Most people do stuff on a Sunday morning. They will never do Monday through Saturday. Because he's a, he's a, he's a great suggester. And he likes to suggest things to you. And then we allow ourselves to, to get involved in it. We'll find ourselves drifting away from God. You don't want to do that. God said, I wish you'd be cold or hot, not lukewarm. It's your life. Live it the way you want to live it. But you got to remember, you have to pay the price for it as well. So God just don't want us just to live, but he wants us to live a certain way by the grace of God. And most people feel that, you know, just living, just existing, all that good stuff is wonderful. Don't get me wrong. It's great to have all these things, but that's not where God wants you to be. If you got your Bible this morning, turn with us to the book of... Uh, Book of Psalms, if you will. Psalms chapter 1. And we want to share with you this morning about not just living, but you want to live, your ble- uh, live a blessed life. Amen? Live a blessed life. And there's so many people really, you know, uh, society in which we live, people got their own definition of things, really. And they've came up with their own methodology of doing things, really. And but what you got to understand is this. God has given us a standard for everything. People, you know, when it comes to love, people want to know, well, does he love me? Does she love me? And all this good stuff. Listen to me. Go to 1 Corinthians and read chapter 13. That's not your standards. That's whose standard? That's God's standard. And you always want to listen to God's standard by the, by, the, by the grace of God. That's how you want to live. 
That's how you want to be able to move forward and being able to exist in this life by God's standard. In the book of Psalms, Psalms um, verse 1, it says it. He said, blessed, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he said, and in his law doeth he meditate day and night. And let's stop that for a minute ago. Now, this is just not talking about living just in a type of life. This is not a life that have all the things. You know, a lot of times people sort of like categorize you. If you got this, 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 and that, then you consider to be successful. Man, you, you got a blessed life. But when it comes to God's standard, that has nothing to do with God. Because if you continue to seek God's kingdom first, all these things are going to come to you anyway. So he's trying to separate him, separate the church, those that are in Christ, those that want to live for Christ, to, to live a different life. See, once you're in Christ, your life is not the same. You don't want to live the same like you were before you got saved. Because if you could, what was the purpose of getting saved? What was the purpose of Jesus dying on the cross? If, if you could save yourself, do what you want to do, when you want to do it, the way you want to do it, then somebody will have to apologize to Jesus when we stand before, when we stand before judgment day. That's not the way. And see, the thing about it, see, God got his standard and the devil got his standard. And he wants you to get the shift, move away from God's standard and get into his standard. Now, let's read on. It said here, he said, and he should be like a tree planted by the rivers of, rivers of water and bringing forth his fruit in his season. In other words, if you are walking and living within God's standards, listen to me, your life will be different. You'll, you'll be able to live a different life. It's not something, see, it's not about people forcing you to serve God. It's not about people making you serve God. It's not about people beating you into the kingdom of God. It's about willfully serving God from your heart. And when you serve God from your heart willfully and do what he tells you to do, I'm going to tell you, life's going to change. The stuff, the habits that you're doing now, the stuff that you're involved in right now, won't about have to make you put them down. You will willfully give them up. Because guess what? You'll see and taste that the Lord is good by the grace of God. And then he said it will be, um, be planted. And not only that, but being able to have the standards of God, your life is just not, you're not all over the place, but you're planted. You're planted by the grace of God. And then he goes on there and says, but the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Before we can move on, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for what you're doing, and thank all for all the great things you've already done. Your word will not return unto you void, but will accomplish and prosper in a place and where to you send it. We thank you for this right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you know, when it comes to, comes to society, uh, what you have to learn is this. This is the devil's playground. It's the earth. It's where he like to play. And, and as I said earlier, Many times you're going to hear people say, you know, man, you're blessed. But, you're, but, but what they don't realize, how that wife and that husband fight half of the night. But in the public, you know, they're holding hands and walking together and looking just like all is well. But, you know, that song, the old country, country songwriter said, nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors, but Jesus. And see, you can put up this persona, this facade, like say, hey, all is well. I got three cots in the cots. My children are magnum cum laude and all that good stuff. Don't get me wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with it. And in, in, the, world's, in the world's standpoint of view, that's considered to be a blessed life. You know, the wife, you know, she got her she got, got her stuff. I got my toys and all that good stuff like that. As far as man is concerned, that is a blessed life. 
If you're struggling, don't have two nickels to rub together, man, by the world standing, man, you're poor. That's not a good life. But, you, but they, what they don't realize, God is behind those two nickels, two dimes, and those two pennies. The blessings is coming. They just don't realize. They, they, you, you don't see them yet, but they're coming by the grace of God. And the thing about it is that, and God wants to understand what is the standards. And you notice now in our society in which we live, there are none. There are none. Stuff that our mothers and fathers taught us years ago. We have turned our backs on them. We have walked away from them. And we have developed our own methodology of doing things now. So we come up with our own agenda, our own plans, our own way of doing I'm not going to do what she did, that, that old folk stuff. Because it didn't work then. It's not, but guess what? You didn't see how it's working because that stuff then helped you to get where you are today. Look at the new stuff we, we, we've come up with. Look what it is doing to us. Look what it's doing for us. And look how and where it's taken us to. It's taken us not to God, but taken us away from God because we've gotten away from man's standard. In the book of Romans, Romans, you, you, we read the scripture many times, Romans 12 and 2. And you don't have to turn to it, but you know they can put it on overhead. He said, don't copy. Don't copy what? The behavior and customs of this world. And see, the thing about it is, you don't have to, the enemy don't have to go out and say, this is the new standards. Only thing he had to do is put certain things in place and make it available and entice people. And most people will become, it will become the new standards. I remember years ago we had this old, uh, we had those, um, those vans. Remember those customized vans where you, where, you know, you had your family and, Everybody was in them and stuff like that, you know. And so, uh, and so, when they came out with these vans, the devil did not say, "Everybody got to get a van like this." He just put it, put the image out there, and the people bought the image. And before you know it, everybody was buying customized vans. Look at the SUVs today. Hello. Everybody buying SUVs today. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with it, but what I'm saying is the enemy have a way of putting things out there without saying anything about it. And if you're not careful, just like Jocelyn said this morning, you will mess around and pass your turn. You keep going and don't even realize you, that, that you didn't pass things up. You didn't got caught up in the world or whatever, stuff like that. But you got to remember the world, the world is going to change. And see, the most important thing about this is this. Um, even Christ did not live to please himself. Go to Romans chapter 15, verse 3. See, you just don't want to live and just exist, but you want to live in such a way that your life is a blessing. See, that's why the devil hates marriages so much. Because, see, when he sees a marriage, that is the glory of God being revealed here on this earth. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you go back and do some studying, the enemy, the enemy did not bother Adam after Adam was created. But no sooner an Eve came on board, all hell broke loose. Because he did not want to see a man and a woman together, to see the glory of God being, being manifested. So when they see you and I, when the world see you and I, they should not see John. They should not see this, that, and the other. They should be able to see the glory of God in your life. You, don't, you shouldn't have to even speak, say a word. But there's something that resonates out of you, that oozes out of you. Say, man, I don't know what it is, but guess what? That person is different. That person is not like everybody else. Because why? Because they're in Christ, and now they understand, understand, understand living in Christ. Now they want to live up to the standard of Christ now. Not that you somehow have to make you say, well, you know, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. No. You should do it because you want to do it. Look in Romans chapter 5, 15 and verse 3. It said, even Christ did not live trying to do what? 
pleasing himself. And see, and that's, that's not the case today. Because it's not about what's in it for you. It's all about me. And this is that, that's that spirit of Antichrist working in the world today. It's all about me. I don't care what it costs you, but what is, what, what, how am I going to benefit from it? What am I going to get out of it? If I'm not getting anything out of it, I'm not benefiting from it, I'm out. I'm out. And this is something that there's, there's a spirit that's moving through our country, moving through the world, and a lot of people are, are, are working with this spirit, allowing the spirit to work with them. That's why they're selfish. You never seen people as selfish today as you did from 40 and 50 years ago. They're more willing to help you and more willing to do things for you. And guess what? If you can't do something in return for them, guess what? They ain't planning to help you by, by, by the grace of God because they feel that they can't get nothing out of it. Then it goes over down to the um, book of John, John 8, 29. So when Jesus came, he understood the standards. He understood what God wanted to do. And he done things to do what? To please the Father by the grace of God. He wanted to hear about himself. And see, and this is what causes all the problems in the world. This is what causes people to hate and kill and destroy each other. Because they're not here to please them. Please, please the other person is all about pleasing themselves. That's their standard. That's the world's standard. What am I going to get out of it? But guess what? That's not where you want to be. That's not the route that you want to you do. You want to go. Now, really, if you think about it, I'm not sure you ever thought about this. Until you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, you really don't have life anyway. The only reason that you got life, John 10, 10 said, I came that you may have life. And see, and most people think because you don't serve God, you don't have anything to do with God, you consider to be against God, an atheist or whatever, they got life. Jesus said you don't have life. But because they are existing, because they're living, they're eating, they're walking, they're talking, guess what? They think they got it going on. This is not what God wants us to do. God wants us to continue to trust him. And see, and God never intended you to be content just living life. Remember how it was before you got saved? I can speak for myself. Life was not good. It was not good. I did all the things I wanted to, but I had no peace. The world can only give you a piece of this and a piece of that. But only Jesus can give you eternal peace. My peace I give you. And therefore, only Jesus can do that. But so many people got a piece of it. They got a little piece of this and a little piece of that. They think they're happy. But listen to me. That does not bring happiness. And when you step over into him and start living for him and walking, for him and walking with him and loving him and, and being able to develop a relationship with him, life takes on a whole new meaning. And I can't see how in the world can you be in love with someone and don't spend no time with them. How many men and women married to each other but they never see each other for two or three weeks? You figure it out. But we do that to Jesus. We love him, but we'll see him every two or three weeks, maybe a month. If you was in a situation in a natural relationship with another person, first thing you say, you know what? I've been called many things, but you can call me gone because I'm out of here. Because you got to be entertained by something else. You don't talk to me. You don't spend no time with me. We don't. We don't. We we have no relationship with each other, and we're in love with each other. Somebody deceived, and it's sure not God. But see, people, see, the enemy get people into this type of mode, getting them to thinking this type of stuff. And that's not where we want to be. God never intended you to just be, be happy with three hots in a cot. Man should not live 
by bread alone. That's not his plan. That never been his plan. But you tell me that you can live without God and exist without God. You can. You can. But your life will never be the same without God. Because God bring meaning into your life, bring hope into your life, joy, peace, goodness, mercy, long-suffering, all those wonderful things in life. When in being in Christ, you're not quick to go get your 357 and shoot somebody. If you're in Christ. But then you can perpetrate and call yourself in Christ and also be out of Christ. You would do those crazy stuff. It's sad, but it's true. And see, the thing about being in Christ, people talking about the standard of God. First, uh, in Ephesians chapter, chapter 1 and verse 3, he's already given you everything. So there's a certain way a blessed man and woman should live by the grace of God. And, and, and look in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse, and verse 3. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us. That's the E-D on the word blessed. mean past tense. Everything you need. Look at your neighbors and everything you need. You already got it. And you know, and the reason why you don't, don't have it now? Because you can't get what you already got. If you're in Christ. You're trying to reinvent the wheel when the, when the wheel's already been invented. And that's why he said, guess what? He said, has blessed us with all spiritual blessing, blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. So that's why it's easy to be able to live and to be able to walk and to be able to move and being able to do things within the standards of God. Because, honey, you ain't trying to make nothing happen. You just let it happen by the grace of God. And when you can do that, things will change. And not only that, but also, he is saying here, if you are a man or woman that's walking with God, there's a certain way you should live in the book of Psalms. You just can't live in a type of way. Even though you can, you don't want to because of all the negativity it brings. And also, in verses 1 through, um, 1 through 3 in the book of Psalms, it tells you how a man and a woman should live in Christ. Then also he goes down and tells you how a man and a woman live outside of Christ, 4 through 6. I like the way a man should live and a woman should live in, in, in verses 1 through 3. But when you look at the word happy, I mean blessed, look at the word blessed. Most of the time, people look at it just being happy. But let me give you a few more definitions to go with the word happy. It also means to increase in joy. Increase in joy. There have been times I had no money, but I still had peace and joy. Why? Because I'm in him now. I'm living my life in him now. I'm not worrying about all this stuff because he's already given it to me. And even though I don't have it right now, it's on its way. It's on its way by the grace of God. And that's why it's important to be in and doing it. Not only that, but also peacefulness. How many people today are just trying to find peace? Have you ever heard people say, um, people say uh, spoken to you, saying, well, man, if I only could just find a little bit of peace. You can't get that from Jack Daniels. You can't get that from smoking crack cocaine. You can't get that doing other stuff with other people that's illegal. You can't get that. No peace. And if you do get it, it's only temporarily. It's not going to last. Then also, the word bless means to walk straight. To walk straight. Not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. And that's why a lot of stuff is going on both in and outside the church because people are not walking straight. And you don't ever want to go to church just to get there for a feeling. But you always want to get the word inside of you. 
The word is what's going to keep you. The word is what's going to direct you. Don't get caught up in the preacher or the bishop. You want to get caught up in the word in Jesus Christ. When you leave that place, what did he say? I don't even know. Somebody said, did you go to church yesterday? I sure did. What did you learn? Child, I don't have no idea what he said. You been? It's like sitting in a shower with a raincoat on with the water running. You're getting wet. But ain't nothing moving but what's falling on that raincoat. And see, the word should change you. The word is what's going to convict you and bring you to a point where it's going to cause you to walk right, to live right. You, you, nobody should have to tell you what's wrong and what's right, and you right and you wrong, whatever. It's part of your conscience, a part of your DNA that's built into you when you get the word in you. It makes a big difference. And the thing about it, a blessed life is a life that lives within boundaries. Just because you can, should you do it. If I wake up, morning, wake up one morning and say, guess what? Anyway, I ain't going to work today. But don't expect to be paid on Friday for that day you didn't attend. Just because you didn't feel good. And see, the enemy loves to play these games with us and cause all these pains and all the good stuff, especially on a Sunday morning, on a Saturday night. He tried to put you on a critical list. And unfortunately, people fall for their games. And no sooner, no sooner your church time is over, guess what? The pain is gone. The thrill is gone. Now you wasn't walking, now you're walking. You wasn't talking, now you're talking. It didn't feel good, now, you, now you're jumping off of, ready to jump off of roofs and, and stop locomotives with a single bound. You, you on G way? No, no, you ready to go. But during that time of mourning, I don't feel good. Remember how you children do sometimes when you're growing up and going and getting ready to go to school? Especially when you get ready to take that test. Mom, you know, I, I just don't feel good today. What's going on, baby? You were laughing and talking last night before you went to bed. What happened between the time you went to bed and the time now? I don't know. You do know. You're trying to avoid that test. Trying to stay from it by the grace of God. And guess what? And many times we fall for the lie. We fall for the lie. Now, a blessed man, a blessed woman, they walk not, they stand not, or set not. We're just anybody and everybody. Now, I'm not telling you to be antisociable, but at the same time, you can't hang out with everybody that, that want to hang out with you because the enemy likes to plant people. Plant people in your life. Just win some money, if you will. All of a sudden, you'll be attracted to people that know and speak to you when you did when you're broke. Now you're friends. But see, when you are walking and living within the standards of God and then letting the Holy Spirit work in your life, he can help you to sort through all this foolishness and avoid you getting involved with people. Because some people are like hitchhikers. As long as they can get what they want, they'll stay, stick with you. But once the car goes dry, guess what? They're gone. See, I'm like this. I don't care if you spill the milk. But just don't get rid of the cow. Went over your head. You'll be all right. You'll get it. Because the cow is going to give you some more milk. And that's why it's important to know that you know that you know that God is going to bring you through all this crazy stuff. And when you begin to look at that, He's always going to live His life or her life within the standards and the boundaries of God by the grace of God. They have the freedom. You have the freedom to do what you want to do. 
go, not go, read, don't read, pray, don't pray. You have the freedom to do all that. You don't have to live out of impulse. Just because they're doing it, we're going to go do it. We're going to name it, claim it, have it, and grab it. By know what you're claiming. Being able to know what you're having. By make sure you can hold on to what you grab. Because you might grab the wrong thing. That's why it's important is to know. See, when you're in Christ, you're no dummy. Look at you say, no dummy. You are smart. Because why? Because he said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. You got the mind of Christ. Nobody can outthink Christ. And if you got his mind, if they're outthinking you, you are allowing them to manipulate you. Don't get mad with God. Look at yourself in the mirror. James said, in the book of James, it said, it's just like looking into the mirror. When you look into the mirror, you see all the imperfections that's there, all the things that need to be corrected. But guess what? The moment you walk away, you forget all about what you saw. You don't remember it until you look in the mirror again. You, you don't want to live and be in that situation by the grace of God. And that's why it's so important. You need to have understanding. Proverbs 29, 18. People steal from you. They take advantage of you. Lie to you. It's not because of God doing it. You're allowing yourself to be put in that situation. You can get out of that. And, and the thing about people today they would listen to God, listen to the word on the Sunday, and somebody would bring them some crazy word on Monday through Friday. They believe that over what, what they heard on Sunday. Well, you know, it's God's will. No, you just don't have the faith to believe it, honey. You're not willing to trust God. Proverbs 29, 18, what does it say? One translation says where people cast all restraints, limits, cast off limits. See, the NIV used the words restraint. And see, and that makes a whole lot of difference. See, you're not putting no limit on what I, what I can't do, what I should do. You, you just don't want to do those things because you have no desire. No desire to do them. I don't have no desire to go over to her house or be with her and, and get involved with all the drama she or he is involved in because I know it's gonna, not going to take me where I want to go. And look how it makes you feel when all that stuff is going on. It don't make you feel good. It don't make you feel good at all. Now, how can you maintain the blessed life? How can you do that? Share some nuggets with you. How can you maintain the blessed life? Daphne, I didn't give you the scripture, but I'm going to give it to you now. Um, you don't have it. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33. This was a big weapon of Satan here. Christian people still haven't caught a hold of this, this, this scripture here yet. You still think you can go in a smoke, a smoked up room and walk out, walk out of that place without smelling like smoke. What it said? Don't what? Do not what? Don't be misled. Is, is he saying that what he's saying is you can be misled. But he said, don't be misled. Bad company. It does what? I thought good, good morals is able to influence bad company. You live in a, you live in a world that's that a physical world that the body is gravitated to the flesh. The flesh loves this world. That's all it knows. It, uh, that's all it knows. It's the world, and if you don't feed it, 
feed your spirit enough word, your flesh always going to gravitate. How many times, not intentionally, that you went into a place and you said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm already full. I don't need to eat anything else. I'm just going here for a little while. We're going to be here for a little while and show my face and I'm gone. And when you get in that place, Satan will fix you up a concoction, a meal you can't, can't refuse. You eat like you ain't never eat anything. And you just said you're not going to eat anything before you go in there. Guess what? It can't happen if you're not there. And that's why it's important to make sure wherever you are, that's where you need to be. That's where God is leading you to be. Because you're in the wrong place, at the wrong time, wrong things can happen. It can happen. So point number one is to avoid negativity. Number two, Psalms 112 and verse 1. Meditating on God's word. See, we love God, but we don't love his word. And many times people love people, but they don't love the individual. And the reason they love them is because of what the person is doing for them. And once the person stops doing for them, they G-O-N-E, they're gone. David said here in, in the book of Psalms, Psalms 112 and verse 1, he said, praise the Lord for all who fear God and trust in him are what? Are blessed beyond expression. There's a whole lot of blessing there. There's peace in the valley. There's peace in the Tennessee Valley. There's peace. Even though there's chaos in the valley, but there's also peace in the Tennessee Valley. By the grace of God. If you love his word, by the grace of God. Then he said, yes, happy is the man who delight in doing his word, doing his commands. Wouldn't he do it? By the grace of God. I can tell you without a shadow of doubt, it wasn't but prayer and the love of God and, and God's word. Y'all be talking about me in the past tense. He was. He used to be. But guess what? The word, David said, I hid in my heart that I would not sin against you. Just because you say something that you're not going to do don't always mean you're not going to do it. Because if you're in the right place with the right people in the right circumstances, you and I would do anything. That's why the Bible says abstain when all appearance. But a lot of people haven't learned that lesson yet. Man, I didn't overcome that. Now all of a sudden they're in that place. Satan give him a big black eye. Just let him know. Say, guess what? Him and that think he's strong, think he stand, take heed, lest he fall. Then Psalm 119, verse 35 said, Help me to follow your commands because that makes me happy. Psalm 119 and 35. Help me to follow your commands because that's what's making me happy. Not all this other stuff. All the bills are paid, all this is going on or whatever. That don't make me happy. Even though it does help, enhance your happiness, but you can't depend on that stuff. Because what happens if it don't make you happy? Then it goes on there to, uh, to talk about stay connected to Jesus and good people. That's how it's going to maintain you living a blessed life. Stand around good people. People that have influence. Go to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 5 and verse 7. You remember um, Lot. Lot was uh, Abraham's nephew. And when they basically came together, they probably didn't, Lot didn't have two pennies put together. But because he was connected, that's my point. Stay connected to Jesus and good people. 
That's the point. Because he was connected to Lot, because I'm sorry, because he was connected to Abraham, he was blessed as well. Vice versa. If you're around people that are not blessed, guess what? You're not going to be blessed either. Then you go to Luke, Luke chapter 5 and verse 7. Now remember when Jesus told Peter, Peter said he had talked all night long and he had caught nothing. He was at a crossroad of making a decision. Listen to me. Anytime God tells you to do something, you have the last say-so of the situation. Either yes, I do it, or no, I won't. And Peter said, you know what? Lord, we're basically tired. We've been doing this all night long, but at your word, look at your neighbor and say, at your word. We're trying one more time. Now, what about all those that were associated with Peter? I mean, with Peter. They could have said, you know, Peter, since we've been with you all night long and we've been hanging out, man, I need to go home and spend some time with my family. I'm tired. Give me some sleep. Get some rest. So when Peter launched out, what did they do? What did they do? They launched out with him. So when God blessed Peter, because he was connected to Peter, they got blessed too. Are you with me? Are you with me? You are blessed because of the people that you hang out with. You can't fly with the eagles when you hang like when you hang with the chickens. It won't happen. You can try it. It won't happen. But for some reason or another, you'll find yourself quacking just like they're quacking. Walking just like they're walking. You won't get a chance to get above the trees. Because that's not what you, that's not what, that, that is not what influenced your life. So good people and being connected. And Jesus said, guess what? I am the vine and you are the branches. If you stay connected to me. But without me, you can do nothing. And that's why so many people today are trying to live a blessed life disconnected from Jesus. It don't work. And it won't work. That's why he said, without me, you can do nothing. Now, I mean, all the stuff you consider to be successful to your standard, to your standpoint of view, guess what? Jesus called it nothing. And Jesus said nothing, guess what? It's nothing. So that's why it makes a big difference. Then he goes on down. The next point I want to bring to you. To maintain a blessed life, it's a planted life. Life that is planted. You're not, you've never seen a, uh, a farmer go out there and plant tomato plants or cabbage plants or whatever today. And two or three days later, he going to that pulling them up, reset them again. And then after a week later, he plant them again. They begin to start to shoot, begin to turn green, and begin to look like they're growing. He said, you know what? I'm going to pull them up again and replant them again. I got news for you. As long as he continue to do that, he will never have, he will never have a cabbage. He will always have a plant. Why? Because he didn't give it time to grow. He didn't give it time to grow. Why is that important to you? As long as you're pulling out when things get rough, because you got people in church are called church runners. Church runners. When things get hot, when things they're preaching and saying stuff they don't want to hear, they're gone. I got to find me another church. And no sooner that church started doing the same thing, guess what? I'm gone. I got to pull, pull up and replant. But you don't realize you got to stay planted. Look what the book, book of Psalms said. He says this. He said he shall be like a tree planted by the water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves are not going to wither. You're not going to be going through a bunch of changes and, you know, you're up and down and all that good stuff. Even in the book of Ephesians, fourth chapter, it says, 
let us be no more like children tossed about running to and fro. Can't grow like that. You got to learn how to take the good with the bad. And you got to remember, anything that's good, anything that's bad, is only for a season. It's going to change. So why should you run from the run from a scorpion or a bear or whatever and run right into a tiger? Both of them hungry. So you just have to decide who you're going to be ate by. So you got to be planted. And you plant it in the right soil, in the right, in the right place. Your life's going to be productive. Things are going to happen in your life. And then on top of that, then on top of that, look what he said. You should be prosperous. Whatsoever he doeth, shall be prosperous. See, not just living is a good thing. Being blessed is a good thing. But you want to live a blessed life in Christ by the grace of God. And then last point is um, obeying God brings prosperity. We just, just shared that a minute ago. But again, when you're a planet and do what God tells you to do, it's not a matter how, it's just a matter when. Because you got to remember, God has the last say-so in every situation. That's why the scripture says, whose report are you going to believe? And that's why it's important to know whose report you're going to believe. Man said no. God said yes. He can do it. They're like when Shadrach and Meshach, when they threw him in that uh, fire furnace, Nebuchadnezzar just knew. They done. He was just so absolutely sure. Said, guess what? We're going to heat this fire seven times hotter. We're going to put these boys, we're going to burn these boys to a crisp. That was his thinking. But that was not God's thinking. And then he went back and looked into the fire. Look at your neighbor and said, fire. He said, man, what happened? Then we put three in there, in that fire. But I see a fourth one in there. Look like the Son of God. What amazing. What a God we serve. And that's why it's important is to live a blessed life. Not just living, but you want to live a life with God's standards. Not a bunch of rituals, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. If you wake up in the morning and decide to put some type of garment on, and the Holy Spirit say, don't wear that, what should you do? What should you do? But many times what we do, we wear it anyway. Then no soon somebody say something to us, offend us, we're mad because we didn't listen. Only thing we have to do is listen to God. He will work it out, and he'll always take care of the situation if you let him, by the grace of God. So that's why you just, want, just don't want to just live, but you want to live a blessed life with Christ. And when you do that, just like me, if I had not lived the life I'm living, like I told you, I'm absolutely confident I would not be here today. But he was able to take care of all that stuff for me by the grace of God and give me a second chance. And I thank him for it by the grace of God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just think this morning what type of life you want to live. Your life is already good. But can it be better by the grace of God? And that's the key. I don't want you to just, just be saved. But I want the word of God to work in my heart. So I can experience all the promises God has for me by the grace of God. So when people see me, they won't see John. They'll be able to see the glory of God 
working in my life by the grace of God. And they want to know, say, man, I don't know what you got. I want some of that. Then you can tell them how good God is. Has been to you and how good God can be to them by the grace of God. God don't just have a plan, but he has plans for each one of us to walk in his best. But it's up to us to accept what he has to offer and to live with it and to live up to his expectation by the grace of God. And he never tells you to do, to do anything that he's not able to give you the strength to carry it out, to carry it through. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, for just being able to be here in a place, in a time such as this. Be available to you so you can use us for your glory and for your honor in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. We praise you. And we know for a fact, Father, for men of us, that are here today. Things are just beginning for us in the spirit realm. And we don't want to do anything that will cause us to get out of this path. To pull ourselves away from you and get ourselves planted to something else. We always want to be planted with you, Father. We thank you for that right now. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're here this morning, you want prayer, want someone to pray with you about something, you have a need, um, come up this morning and just come up to the front there.